Hello and welcome to the Dad Whisperer. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson. And if you are a father who is ready to add another tool to your fathering toolbox, then you've come to the right place. And even though I specialize in the dad-daughter relationship, you know that these tools also work with your sons too. And the reason for that is because it's all about you as a father becoming more equipped so that you can intentionally and consistently pursue the heart of your daughters and your sons. And every week here on The Dad Whisperer, I use a template that works as a grid to guide our conversation, which is on your mark, get set, go. So dads, I invite you to envision yourselves standing side by side each other, getting ready to run your fathering race this week. And I'm on the sidelines as your coach saying on your mark, which is the topic or the theme, get set is filling that in with stories and stats and go is always your practical action step so that you can put your love for your daughters and your sons into action this week. Well, today, it is such an honor to have a guest joining me who I've had the privilege of collaborating with when I was a guest on his radio program just a few years ago, and he is a man that I greatly respect, Dr. Tim Clinton. He is the president of the American Association of Christian Counselors, which is the largest and most diverse Christian counseling association in the world. He also serves as the executive director for the James Dobson Family Institute and as a recurring co-host of Dr. Dobson's signature radio program, Family Talk. Dr. Clinton is recognized as a world leader in mental health and relationship issues. He has authored and edited nearly 30 books, and he spends much of his time working with Christian leaders and professional athletes. He and his wife, Julie, live in Virginia and have two adult children, one son and one daughter, and I'm so grateful to have him joining me here today. Welcome, Dr. Tim Clinton. Thank you, Michelle. Delighted to be with you and uh, love your your commitment to dads. Oh, well, I, thank you so much for that. And on your mark today, the title of our conversation is Keys for Securely Attaching to Your Daughter. And Dr. Tim, I've got to tell you that I have invited you here today to shed light on a concept that you and I talk about as clinicians in our field of psychology, but I'm not sure that it's always brought into what I would call mainstream conversations in a real practical way. And it's the topic of attachment, right? That's a concept we talk about a lot, but it's a little maybe psychobabbly for some people. So we're going to break that down today. And I love the fact that because you've been a clinician who has spent years and years walking alongside people, you're a national influencer and author, I truly believe there's no one better than you, better qualified to address this topic. Are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready, Michelle. Here we go. Well, I actually, right here in my hands, I'm holding a book that you and Dr. Gary Sibsey wrote called Attachments, subtitle, Why You Love, Feel, and Act the Way You Do. And that's going to serve as a little bit of a foundation for our conversation today. And I wanted just to begin by saying that it's really amazing how God works because since you and I set up this interview, I have had numerous conversations with people that I have not initiated and they have brought up this concept of attachment. And one was that I just recently spoke at a men's conference on the first night, a dad had tears streaming down his cheeks when he said, When I went to Afghanistan, I purposely didn't bond with my newborn daughter because I knew I would be killed and I didn't want her to have to unattach from me. And he said, now she's six, I'm here. What do I do to bond with her? Okay, there's a real story. Another one happened just this week in my counseling office. 
I have a 27-year-old woman sitting there with her dad. She invited him to come to a session, and she told her dad and me, I keep seeing this pattern in my relationships with guys where I'm so insecure and afraid they'll leave me. And then she literally said these words. I wrote them down. She said, I've been thinking about attachment styles, and I'm not avoidant or secure. I'm insecure. And I thought, my goodness, this is a perfect lead-in to our conversation today because this idea of attachment or lack of impacts personal relationships, doesn't it? Michelle, I couldn't agree more. I uh, am amazed every day uh, uh, scanning the landscape of what we call as relationship psychology. But more than that, just seeing it lived out in front of my own eyes mm-hmm. with my own children, my granddaughter now, um, as I look around the world Uh, those closest to me, you can see how people connect or don't connect. As a matter of fact, think of it this way. I want everybody to hear me real quick. Every parent, every dad listening to our voices, you know right now in this moment whether or not you're close to your son or close to your daughter. Think about it. You know right now, think of their name, and you know whether or not you're close to them. That's the concept that we want to talk about today, how to get closer, how to move more meaningfully in and out of their life in ways that affect how they do life and how they do relationships with people in their life. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty here. The beauty here, Michelle, is this. What we're learning now uh, through what we're calling interpersonal neuroscience and more is something I think that's just wired deep inside of us. We're made for relationships, and if we get them right, we're blessed, and if we get them wrong, it's a journey for us. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more beautiful in all the world than to be in a relationship with someone who's supposed to love you, and they actually love you, or you get it. Nothing more painful than to be in a relationship with someone you're supposed to love, and they don't love you. Oh, well said. disconnect. Absolutely. So can you explain, just from the start, what those different attachment styles are, just so that dads have a bit of a grid to work from today? Yeah, here's what, we've, here's what we've learned through the years from attachment theory. A lot of different authors, um, uh, pioneers in the field from John Bowlby, Mary Ainsworth, Mary Maiden, and others. I say that to say there's, there's information, there's, there's growing wisdom and science now behind all this. Uh, we have learned that how you begin to view yourself and how you view others affects how you do or how you don't do relationships with others. So in other words... Um, you've heard Dr. Dobson say through the years that you often view God through the eyes of your father. Mm-hmm. What he's saying is that connection that you had with your dad often gets superimposed on your relationship with God. How you've learned to do or not do relationships, say, with your dad or your mom or those closest to you affects how you view other relationships. So step back for a moment. How you view yourself from the cradle to the grave, how you view others, are they available, accessible to me, influences how I do or don't do relationships. So here's where we've learned how you view yourself and how you view others formulates your attachment or relationship style. That means everyone listening to our voice right now has an attachment style. You have an attachment style, how you do or don't do relationships. It's been distilled basically down into four different categories through the years, and one being secure. You mentioned the word Mm -hmm. secure earlier when you were reading that case study, and then you talked about three different types of insecure attachment style. 
A secure attachment style, Michelle, would be someone who has a pretty healthy view of themselves and a healthy view of others. In other words, um, uh, I, I, I deserve or I feel like I can love and be loved. And others, when I look at others, they're available, they're accessible. Um, they may not be perfect, but we're able to work this way. In other words, I, I have a pretty good balanced view of others. Now, the three insecure styles... The very first one would be the avoidant attachment style. Overinflated view of self, poor view of others. In other words, I'd learn to calm or soothe myself, not in relationships, but I've turned from relationships and I've learned how to um, ratchet things down or calm myself through maybe things that I do or mm-hmm. um, uh, things that I, quote, attach to. Okay, you got it? Yep, got it. Um, others, I, others, I don't think they're there. And so um, it's like, can I trust them? No. I mean, at the end of the day, do I believe, uh, do I want to be loved and, and can people be loving? Yes. But do I really believe at the end of the day they love me? Not really sure about that. Mm-hmm. That creates um, a pretty different, difficult trajectory. In other words, a difficult path in life because I, yeah, grown up, you know, um, I may be talking to uh, his wife for a moment. Let's just pretend a man, let's just call him Tim. He has mm-hmm. an avoidant attachment style. She'll say he's a good man. He loves me. Um, he's great to the kids. But when the wheels come off and life gets difficult during times of stress or duress in his life, he won't talk to me. Right. Well, well, Michelle, she begins to think it's a marriage or it's her. It's not really that. Yeah. It's what happened to him growing up. He doesn't believe that, that she's going to be there for him. He doesn't really believe he can trust her ultimately. So when he goes through a difficult period in life, he's not going to turn to her. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Think about our relationship with God. A, a man who has, a, who has an avoidant attachment style, he goes off, he's like this desperado guy. He rides <laughs> off in the sunset yeah. alone because people, people will never show up there for you, Michelle. Yeah. And he doesn't really believe that God, he can say God is good all the time, all the time God is good, but he doesn't really believe God's going to be there for him. No, he He'll doesn't. be there for other people, probably not me. Exactly. When life's getting, am I making sense? Yep, you're making sense. Yep. And I love how you said this goes back to his origin, his family of origin, because even in your book, I wrote down a quote that I love where you said, present relationships are influenced by our first attachments or bond with people in early childhood, those bonds, you know? Yes, they are. I mean, you think about that. Kids are impressionable. That's why God fashioned the home to be so significant. And we're to be there and available and accessible to our kids. And this connection becomes really important. That's why you've heard many people through the years discuss about early childhood attachments. I was in Washington, D.C. at a meeting uh, on this whole issue of child care and things like that recently. And it was like... Mm. Uh, I want. I wanted to talk about the attachment bond that's going on or is not going on because that really affects or infects how kids grow up and do or don't do relationships and how they can spin into addictions when their relationships don't make sense and they can't turn to people. They turn to something else because God made us for relationship. We're wired that way. And if our relationships don't make sense or they're broken, Mm -hmm. conflictual or whatever, you're going to reach for something else. Yes, exactly. I love that you're saying this. This is why I wanted you to come talk about this today because so many daughters, again, that's really been for the past 22 years, a lot of the focus of my counseling ministry, but now God has sent me what I call to Mars, right? To work with men and help them understand their daughters is I don't know that every man just instinctually or intuitively knows that the way he's relating to his daughter 
really is based on that template he learned from his dad, his mom, about how to do relationships. So how about if you now take us to the next ones? Avoidant is the first one. What's the second one? Type of attachment style. And and attachment style would be Mm. a poor view of self, just the complete opposite. Poor view of self, overinflated view of others. Life's all about others. So um, let's just say, uh, I'll call her Julie. Julie grows up as a little girl. She uh, learns to dance for others. That's what makes her happy. That's what makes life go well. Others, uh, her significance is based on what she does or what others think of her. Mm-hmm. It's never really about uh, her. It's really about what she does or what others think about her. So it's always about you. So think about this. Is she going to make you happy? Yeah, because she's willing to dance for you. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. She's a performer. She mm-hmm. lives in that world. And growing up, what's she like? She's awesome. She's fun. She's the potluck lady. She brings everything to the table. She does all the work. She cleans up. It, because it's all about not just servanthood. It's a difference between servanthood and getting affirmation. Yes. She, yeah, uh, they live for the next dance because they're only as good as their, their last dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you think about that for a moment, it's exhausting. It's frustrating. Mm-hmm. And you can never really what? You can never really be okay. Yeah. Is, is it exhausting being an, an, an ambivalent? Sure. Because you're only as good as your last dance. Is it tough loving an ambivalent? You pat. You know why? Because you can never love them enough. Okay. It's never going to be enough because there's never enough to make sure that they're okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And so there's a third. Yeah. And so, and the third would be the disorganized attachment style. These are fascinating, by the way. The disorganized would be a poor view of self, poor view of others, kind of an Eeyore-ish life. Okay. You know what? Yeah, everything's kind of negative and down, and it's not okay. And God forbid, these are the kids who grew up hurt or broken, abused or something. The source of their affection or love in life was also the source of their pain in life. Mm -hmm. So they never can get comfortable in the relationship. Um, It's like they can go from being with you in a moment and the next moment being gone. Uh, they had to, because think about being hurt or abused. The person's supposed to love you, hurts or abuse you. You, bro- you grow up in this emotionally broken home, and then you get hurt in the middle of it. Yeah. You learn to remove yourself from the situation. Mm-hmm. You learn to disengage. You learn to stop going to the door because your dad's an abuser or something like that. And it messes up your wiring inside about life and relationships. Mm-hmm. And you can never get comfortable because the source of your comfort was also the source of your pain. There you go. These are mm-hmm. people who want to be embraced. They want love. They, they, want, they race to the arms of people. And right before they get there, they collapse on the floor because yeah. they, they, that's how life is. Right, right. And I never truly, okay. Yeah, you're never... And I truly hear stories where dads have been wounded enough by their daughters and they collapse on the floor saying, I'm not going to try pursuing her heart anymore because she's hurting me as much as either my mom or my dad did. And so now we're going to... Before we land the plane, we're now you've done such a great job of laying this foundation of different kinds of attachment styles. And now I want to ask you questions about what do we do? What do dads do if they... They want to turn this around with their daughters to help their daughters securely attach to them. Well, if you're just joining us today, welcome. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson, the Dad Whisperer, and I'm talking with Dr. Tim Clinton, president of the American Association of Christian Counselors, and we're talking about keys for securely attaching to your daughters. So, Dr. Tim, how about now if you talk to that dad that says, you know, I've either got these insecure attachment styles that have really impacted me, or I'm moving towards secure attachment with my daughter, what would you tell that dad to do? 
Dads always say, how do I fix it? Just tell me how to fix it. What would you tell a dad to begin doing or thinking if he's recognizing that he struggles to attach to his daughter but wants to do it different? Uh, let me say this up front. Um, dad, if you could hear uh, this and really chew on it for a while, uh, I-, I want you to hear this one statement. Life is all about relationships. And how you do or how you don't do relationships is everything, especially in those ones that you want to hold close, that you're looking for emotional closeness with. So, Dad, what I would say to you, first of all, is um, your daughter, your son, they need you in their life. You may be saying, well, wait a second. They don't want me. They keep pushing away. Hear me. Hear me. They really want and need you in their life probably isn't anybody who's going to love them more than you will. Seriously, when you really, mm-hmm. really, at the end of the day, think about it. Now, getting this right takes a couple of efforts. Number one would be ask yourself and do your homework on how you do or how you don't do relationships, Dad. If you've got some stuff in there that you have this desire, but it seems like it's not working, hear me. You can have conversations. You can get wisdom. You can get direction on this very thing. Maybe that's how it is for you in your relationship with God. You've been struggling to get close with God. That says something, how you do or how you don't do relationship. Mm -hmm. Number two, start with yourself. Number two, I always say this about kids. One of the most important aspects of parenting is learning to be attuned, attuned, Mm -hmm to your son or daughter. What it means is you got to get inside their world and know them. I'm fascinated, Michelle, by some work out there that says, you know, you can overcome oppositional defiance or ADHD oftentimes through a couple of core processes. One of them in particular would be special time, learning how to be present in your son or daughter's life 20, 25 minutes a day. And Michelle, it's fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. If you can get 20 or 25 minutes where you're coming in command-free special time, that means, Megan, hey, honey, uh, we've got 20, 25 minutes today, Mm -hmm. just me and you. And not saying, hey, let's go outside and kick a ball or play catch or something. No, no, no. We're going to do what they want to do. Here's what's amazing, Michelle. By getting that kind of time going in the life of your son or daughter, it becomes transformational. It sure does. I it's FaceTime. It's radical mm-hmm. because you, you learn a lot about them. You also are sending messages, messages to them about how valuable they are. Your communication patterns begin to change. You learn that there's power in relationship and love with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? One of the greatest challenges we've often had clinically in helping parents do this very thing? You know what they say to me? What? What are we going to do? In the 20 minutes a day. Uh, or they say this, um, I don't have 20 minutes more. You don't understand the pressure, stress I'm under. Right. That's what I hear. What do you say to those dads? Well, <laughs> uh, I, I guess at the end of the day, it's kind of like one of those, how bad do you want it type things. Or think about the end of your life. You know, what's, what's the legacy the you want to leave? And, and, yeah. Yeah, at, when you really think about it, and the good news, careerbuilders.com, uh, I saw a piece where it said 38% of parents uh, would be willing to take a pay cut if they could spend more time with their kids. So I think there's a trend going mm-hmm. in the right direction here, but if we don't figure this piece out, we're going to wind up pretty broken and empty. 
Yeah. And oh, by the way, someday they will be parenting you. Don't forget that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but, but, but more than that, it's, it's a beautiful thing when you can have a meaningful conversation with your son or daughter, when they're looking for you, when their noses are pressed up against the window pane waiting for you to come home. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to be able to get in the hot tub and just have a quiet conversation about mm-hmm. what's going on in their life and to be dialed in or attuned to them every day. Yes. Hey, think of it this way. You're an athlete. Uh, I know this. You want your coach to spend time with you, to connect with you, say he's there for you, to have your back and more. Mm-hmm. Think about how, sig- how significant that is, is as a man or as a woman in athletic competition. We love it when our coaches are attuned to us. They get it. They're focused on helping me build my strengths. They see my weaknesses. They speak encouragement into my life and more. How much more a dad? Yes. How yes. much more a dad? How much more a dad? And dads have to initiate, don't they? Oh, and, and here's the thing, Michelle, this is so beautiful. If you get going, if you can just get going in a direction, mm-hmm. the joy that starts to pour into your life is unbelievable. Come on now. Yep. I, Joy's yeah, reciprocal. I mean, so it's bouncing off of her back to you, Dad. It goes both ways. Yes. I mean, and, and when that stuff just starts flowing, it's just like, man, you can't get enough of it. Yeah. You want to wash it all over your body. <laughs> Because that's what life's all about. Come on now. So let me even ask you, Dr. Tim, how do you stay connected to your adult daughter, Megan? You know, some dads go, well, she's out of the house now. She's married. She doesn't need me anymore. Well, I'm probably a little fanatical, but no, no, you know. (laughs) No such thing. We we text every morning together. I always Mm. try to send my kids an encouraging note every day. Um, I pray for and with my and with my kids. It started when they were little. One of the things I, I, I've loved about, and you learn this about people, um, you, you listen to them pray, you know the ones who have prayed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They've learned how to pray, and they're yeah. comfortable praying. Yeah. It's the same thing in relationships. You start talking with them, spending time with them, they get comfortable talking with you. Yeah. Um, we, we eat dinner together as a family a lot. I mean, when the kids are available and they're able to meet Julie and I out for dinner, yeah. Uh, you bet we're buying their dinner. Mm-hmm. I mean, they may be coming for a free dinner, but as we can, you bet we're going to throw. Well, you know why? Because we love spending time together. They're going to pack up and there go you home go. and different things yeah. like that. But there's a connection. Um, you know what we talk about? Megan typically calls me um, uh, every day. Uh, we'll chat, just even if it's brief, what's going on. And I let her know that my communication lines are dead wide open. Yeah. There's not a meeting I'm in where everybody knows me. I'm going to take my phone mm-hmm. call from my kids or Julie calls me because I, I've tried to make my Judea my priority. Yes. yes there you, and, and, uh, and yeah. So powerful because you, you're ending with practical ideas for dads that go, okay, you're two doctors. You've been talking about all the psychobabble stuff with attachment, but now you're saying what that looks like is I text every day. We talk every day. I pay for their meals. I invite them over. I pray with them, not just for them. That's the practical Uh, bonding kind of secure attachment behaviors that dads can do with their daughters, isn't it? Time, talk, touch, togetherness, tenacity, staying there. I mean, being in their life, it means everything. There you go. When when you got, Michelle, when you have that stuff going, um, it, it, it really creates the most important thing in life, and that's relationship. Get, catch this. We're now learning that relationship can have the same mediating effect on the brain as good medicine. 
powerful. I don't know if you heard powerful. what I just said. Yeah, Think about say that. it again. That relationships can have the same mediating effect on the brain as good medicine. Oh, so powerful. Wow. Well, it's been such a joy to have you here with us today. We could keep talking, couldn't we? Well, on your mark today oh, has goodness. been, right, keys for securely attaching to your daughter. Get set today. You've heard from my friend, Dr. Tim Clinton, who is an author, a national leader, and president of the AACC. And you've heard him give you dads lots of practical ways that you can engage your daughter's hearts this week. Well, as always, you can go to my website at drmichellewatson.com and find more free resources there and a link to Amazon where you can buy my book. Dad, here's what I really need from you, a guide for connecting with your daughter's heart, which is also available in audible form on audible. Remember, you can always subscribe to the Dad Whisper podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, where you can listen to any past shows. Well, I'm Dr. Michelle Watson, the Dad Whisperer, signing off and encouraging you to make today a day where you dads are intentionally and consistently investing in pursuing your daughter's hearts. Go dads. Go dads.